0: For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk.
1: Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 8.1 Put a Ring on It. My name is Tanzen and I'm joined by Maggie Hello, hello And Jess Hi
2: Harry Dresden has faced some pretty terrifying foes during his career Giant scorpions, oversex vampires, psychotic werewolves It comes with the territory when you're the only professional wizard in the Chicago area phone book But in all Harry's years of supernatural sleuthing, he's never faced anything like this The spirit world has gone postal All over Chicago, ghosts are causing trouble, and not just of the door slamming, boo shouting variety. These ghosts are tormented, violent, and deadly. Someone, or something, is purposely stirring them up to wreak unearthly havoc. But why? And why do so many of the victims have ties to Harry? If Harry doesn't figure it out soon, he could wind up a ghost himself.
0: Happy New Year, burn some buildings, whatever. <laughs> before we get into the real uh, grave peril book, I just want to talk really quick about the overarching universe in general. You exciting. I'm yes, I'm very excited, okay?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let on us. So,
0: we've spoken very briefly before about how like we're super sure that time travel is coming, okay? And you have, yeah. Confirmed by Jim, okay? (laughs) Grave peril, confirmed by Jim, is the... A decision in this book is what is the butterfly effect. It's one of Harry's decisions in grave peril that is responsible for the rest of the series going the way it goes. And generally speaking, when a lot of people have trouble getting into Stormfront and Full Moon, people tell them to skip, start at grave peril. If you want to come back later, you can, but the series starts at grave peril. Yeah. And no spoilers, but when we get to N... You see why Stormfront and Full Moon were so important to the rest of the series, but it's fair enough to say that, yeah, Stormfront and Full Moon were a little bit of novels on their own, but from Grave Peril onward, you've got this overarching
2: story that never really wraps up and ends. And if you listen to the audiobooks, Butcher himself had a little intro basically saying as much, too. He's like, for a lot of people, this is where it all ramps up and stuff, yeah.
0: Exactly. So, knowing that this is... Not book one, but that this is, like, the big chunk of the beginning for Dresden. The the beginning of the end. Beginning of the end. The the
2: catalyst, the fulcrum. I want
0: to, you know, point out that we should all be looking for what decision it is that Harry makes that is the butterfly effect for the rest of the series. And typically speaking, I think the majority of our viewers have seen, have read, Changes, Battleground, etc. I believe the vast majority are caught up. Mm -hmm. So knowing all of the events that are coming and knowing that it all starts right now and can be pinpointed in this book, that's something that I'm going to be bringing up later on when we get to those moments about the certain moments that I think it's going to be. And if you guys are reading anything, obviously. But the next book that will be coming out after Battleground is now going to be 12 months, which is a uh, different sort of version of the book that we've been reading so far. The title, not the timeline. The title will be 12 (laughs) months. And it's going to be, instead of one weekend, we're going to be getting an overview of a year. Um, which, obviously, if you've read Battleground, you know that it's nice. Mab says, like, oh, we'll pick back up in one year, right? So we get a quick overview of everything that happens in that year, and then who knows how far into, into it'll go after that year. Yeah. But we know the book coming after that is Mirror Mirror, which is named after a Star Trek episode where the crew has to fight their evil versions. And it's all, like, eye patches and goatees and... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And it is a, a. I never watched Star Trek, but from my understanding, it is Lamely. like you cult classic, best like one of fan favorite episodes or something like that. Like a big, it's mm. a big deal in the Star Trek universe yep. apparently.
2: Makes sense, and I feel bad because I probably have seen it. We did watch a lot of Star Trek, and I know my brothers, but it's not. I'm not like instantly like, oh yeah, I remember this and this and this. So I have to go look it up because I'm pretty go sure. Go watch Mirror Mirror. I'm not going yeah. to. Can we pause for a moment? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I have it on <laughs> a download somewhere. <laughs> well,
0: it's okay because it's also going to be drawing from the Buffy episode, The Wish. <gasps> Love that one. Which is when Cordelia wishes that Buffy had never come to Sunny. Sun- Summerdale, <laughs> Sunnydale, Sunnydale, <laughs> <laughs> Buffy Summers in Sunnydale. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, it kind of creates this evil timeline because you know the hell mouth that they're sitting on obviously functions a lot um, easier without
2: a vampire a Slayer, slayer right on top <laughs> on top okay. of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So essentially, um, we get a lot of the beginnings of that in this book, and um, there's a. I really want to talk about Battleground, but <laughs> in Peace Talk and Battleground, um, skin games, like, the much later books coming after changes, there is a lot of continuity issues where people are pointing out, like, mm, this doesn't make sense to what you said last time.
2: Yeah. And that for me, yeah.
0: I feel is further proof of the timeline being shaken up. That's why I feel like that's proof that it's already happened at some point in the books.
2: Not just a simple continuity error or flip, missed in editing, that it's all intentional, yeah.
0: And there was a very subtle line in this book that proves that maybe the timeline started changing
2: here. A lot sooner than we thought. A lot sooner than we thought. And you know what? There's definitely a lot of scope for that because Butcher has always said he had... Like, I remember early on when I got into this series right around... Like I say, I think when I went to the store, I think the first four books were out when I could get my hands on the first physical copies after listening to the first one or two audios. And, uh... And, yeah, so, like, right then I started getting a lot more into, you know, following it and what was going on. And, like I say, Butcher was still, you know, not quite as famous and worldly until still had time to, like, pop onto the internet and chat rooms and things. And, yeah, I remember him saying, you know, sort of, because I was like, this book is not, like, you never wanted to end, right? You're like, I hope this go, But, like, well, not, like, just dragged out forever. And I remember, you know, early on being excited because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got ideas for, like, the first, you know, like, like 20 or so books, right? So now that we're getting closer to that end with like, you know, 17 books out. But yeah, exactly. That was like right, you know, like you say, when he had like grave peril and and summer night and stuff like that, he, right. So it's like, you've alluded to that sort of before in the past of, you know, like a throwaway comment in Stormfront. Was it ever really a throwaway comment because he sort of had plans, right? But it makes you, like you say, you start feeling it. More and more now, right? That not just like, oh hey, I can use that later. But, like the in- so much more intention behind inserting those things in and a specific plan as opposed to a laying groundwork. who knows if it'll ever come up, yep And
0: seeing as how you get the majority of the um full cast is pretty much finally yeah. introduced in this book, yeah. Um there's a few more that prop up. But the vast majority of the main cast will now be introduced in this book. And then we go from there. It's very exciting to see, like, where you can pinpoint everyone else's decisions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Harry doesn't work alone. He's got a lot of
2: uh, allies or adjacent allies, etc, etc. Yeah, much is it so, feels like, or he seems to think he does sometimes. <laughs> it's, yeah,
0: exactly. He's never actually quite as alone no. as... Yeah. So it's just something that I want to point out before we really get into Grave Peril, that this is, what is it, Doctor Strange says, in order to defeat Thanos, there's like fourteen million six hundred five chances to defeat Thanos, and only one of them is a timeline where they win.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: This is pretty much like we're going to see, did Harry choose that one or not right now? This is fun.
2: I like this, because like I say, I've read the books so many times, but I've never looked through them with this exact same filter. As they say, I've enjoyed the books, I've enjoyed finding new aspects or thoughts or... Tidbits that I didn't pick up the first time around for whatever reason, you know. But I'm like, I can say I, I never went out seeking the theories and the hypotheses and the fan chatter about it. So it's kind of exciting that that this is the aspect that you have on so much of this and that you're bringing it because it's so much more exciting. Like, again, I'm like, I love this book and I love this and I love this, but I'm like, there's still new things for me to experience and look at and still a whole other, like, lens and filter to look at it all throughout, even though I'm, like, reading through it again and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this and I know how this relates to that and I know what happens because of this, but it's like...
1: No, I, I, I'm, I'm torn because part of me is, is uh, because I've been going through with this reread and just going as we go. So this is would be this my first reread, mm-hmm. and I don't remember majority of the books. Like there is a lot that I don't remember, but it the way you're, you're talking about it makes me just want to skip ahead so fast. <laughs> I, like, I want to know what happens now. Wait, what? Oh,
0: Yeah, I mean, even just reading Stormfront and Full Moon this time around with the podcast made me appreciate them a lot more. Mm -hmm, Going mm -hmm. slowly through them and picking them apart is like actually like, you know what? I actually kind of do enjoy Stormfront and Full Moon now. Like it might actually be a part of my rereads in the future.
2: (laughs) It almost makes me. Feel, I almost feel like that's a little like what's the word? Not treasonous, but for you treacherous? To tre- no, no, not treacherous. No, but like not betrayal or whatever. But for you to say that and be like, Cause, I mean, again, I just yeah. I always quite enjoyed them, right? And I've always said they get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, but it's just so funny. I'm like, you can't say like you didn't like Stormfront and Full Moon. Like, of course oh. you liked them. You had to like them. They were. I mean, I, I liked know, them enough I to know, continue with the series, know, but I, yeah, they I
0: weren't do. a part of my rereads. But. I, yeah, I just think it's so funny, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I always but.
1: Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind the scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Dresden and Michael race to the Cook County Hospital in the Blue Beetle, where the two have an uncomfortable discussion about Harry's love life. The two make it just in time to the hospital to search for the nursery. So Dresden and Michael are racing through the city in a Blue Beetle. We get- Michael! Michael! <laughs> Hi, Michael! <laughs> I Michael. Michael's wonderful.
2: And we jump like right, like, storm front we start, he's just like sitting in his office, chilling, nowhere. Slow Moon. He's like sitting down having dinner with him. We're like we're like driving through the streets. We're like racing. We're like something up on two wheels. We're like boom! Right here, here we go! Hello, Fast and Harry. Furious. <laughs> Hello, Michael, whoever the hell you are. Hello, Blue Beetle, giving it all you can. <laughs> zoom, zoom. Yeah, a <laughs> thing. <I mean, laughs> so yeah. So Michael, we find out Knight of the Cross, um, and. I'm going to say right here, I like the way Michael and his wife and stuff like that are portrayed without going too much into the whole thing. Um, um, I just, I like how it's not just, like, religion bashing off the start. Like, that's really popular a lot now, and and I get why. I mean, <laughs> the Catholic Church did a lot of horrible things in, in the name of it. There's a lot of other, you know, but did. I'm just, did has, what this is right, I don't <laughs> want to... Yes, but, it, you know, again, any most... Not enough religion bashing for you, let me step up. I'm going <laughs> to stop a second here. <laughs> um, but again, at the core of most major religions, I am not a theologist by any means, so don't, but the basic core principles of things are usually good you know, be nice to each other, love each other, respect people, don't steal, murder, kill. Those kinds of things are the very basis of most major religions. Yes, they've all been twisted and contorted and whatever the word I'm looking for, you know, to justify people's own means and, and agendas throughout the ages. So leaving that aside, right, I'm just, I like That Michael and the Catholic church here and stuff like that is it's just, it's plain, it's simple. He's like, I don't care about all the politics. I don't care about this shit. He's like, I'm just, I'm simple. I'm a family man. I have my trust and faith in God. And that's just, and that Harry's able to be like, I don't really get it, but that, you know, like Mm -hmm. Harry's not anti-religious. He's not anti-Catholic. He's not anti-Christian. He's just right he has his his faith own, is lying he, somewhere else his faith is yeah he has his respect for for michael and his beliefs and how those beliefs work for michael he's like they would never work for me you know just because a crucifix is a crucifix is a crucifix you know he's like that's not gonna have the same thing for me that it does for michael but because you know and i'm like it's just nice like i like that we can accept and move on and just kind of have it's- without without it's a nice basis in
0: this world where, like, you know, you get Susan and Murphy later on asking they're like, well, is there really, like, a god? Is there really, like, true? And Harry's like, I don't know. But as long as you believe in it, that's kind of enough for it to that be that has its own, its own, own thing. That has power is, and stuff, too. Which yeah. is a nice, I like how, yeah, I like how it's presented in these books.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not that he doesn't believe or anything like that, but he's like, I mean, obviously there's, yeah, there's evidence of something, so I can't say exactly <laughs> what, but yeah, exactly, right? It's, again, that inclusivity that, again, we've talked about before. For. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have werewolves and vampires, why can't you have Norse gods and Greek gods? And again, and I like that he's done that. With modern day... Cause I mean, really, that's all those mythologies were, too, really. I mean, they're all pantheons of gods, right? Yeah, I mean, they all came from those, you know, were religions, right? So yeah. I just, As much again, as Greek
0: gods are fantasy for us, it didn't mean it wasn't a legitimate religion at one
2: point. Exactly, and it's as much as Catholicism is a fantasy for a lot of people in this day and age, <laughs> right? So I just, I like that, yeah, even though that is sort of the current... You know right. where we are and that it can be a very i just i like how he handled the subject i like that he did it you know respectfully and inclusively yeah. and still let everybody have their yeah so michael you know, and his family
0: father fourth hill, hill as we yeah. meet more knights and more people of the various uh yeah uh what is it um st mary's
2: st mary's church the union. yeah, yeah. The, the
0: staff and the people involved with it, the di- it it's the diocese <laughs> yeah they're all yeah, very like the very true like just be good to thy neighbor and that's that. Yeah,
2: they're n- exactly, they're like not Like you said there's all, no politics it's just Yeah, they're not all the super judgmental, they're not trying to com- Well, I say they're not trying to convert everybody. They're not, but they are. <laughs> they're <laughs> like, I mean, if you want to come over here, yeah. we're, we're happy to have you. But, you know, even that like that's pretty much how we start off here, right? He's like, "Oh yeah, I want to meet you. Michaels." Like, oh, I want to talk to you about something." And he's like, "Oh, don't ask me to mass again." Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to say no. Like, I'll uncover <laughs> Right? I like that, right? Like and and, and you know, Michaels just very, you know, plain, just very frank, and he's like, well, it doesn't preclude you from asking, but not actually, you know, like, again, right, it's always just an open invitation there for Michael, and he will make it, just in case, and... So it's like, I love that Michael is just like, he's like, no, it's out there. It's like, just in case, because, you know, who knows <laughs> that just in case, maybe you've been thinking about it. Maybe if I ask you this time. He's but, not pushy about it. But, but he's well were... yeah, he doesn't like, you know, harp on Harry that way or whatever, you know. It's like, he does, you know, he makes it a point that they're both very, they're both very on the level. Like, Harry feels very comfortable saying, I don't want to go to church. Michael feels very comfortable saying, I don't like everything about wizarding. I don't really get all of it. Some of it's, you know... Not necessarily on the up and up, but... I was going to say, Michael is the best parts of religion, you know? He's the best
0: things about faith. And in extension to Michael, the rest of his family and acquaintances, right? But at the same time, you know, both Harry and Michael are both very much, like, seeing the best in each other. Like, even if we don't agree with each other's entire jobs, it's like... You're doing yours for the benefit of society and I'm doing mine for the benefit of society and for that reason we can both benefit society together. Exactly, exactly. They're like, you know, they're like kind of like the most um, open communication of all relationships in the books. They <laughs> yeah, have like, yes, Harry has actually. a lot of issues with being on the level with people, but I like that Michael is kind of the guy where like Michael too just has that kind of insight where he's like Harry. I
2: can just call you on you bullshit. You can't lie to me, Yeah, either. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but even to a point where Harry like a lot of the time just doesn't even try. Yeah. He's like very much in, I think, a lot of regards, his most honest with Michael.
2: Yeah. And I mm. think, again, this a lot of kudos to Butcher, not just for uh, being willing and able to write a character like this, but. You have, like, Michael is so likable because Butcher does such a good job of, you know, like, we genuinely might, like, you know, he says shortly here to uh, to uh Susan in the next couple of chapters, you know, she's kind of like, what's his story? And he's like, oh, he's a righteous man and he's humble and stuff like that, you know. And Butcher does a really good job of putting that across. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm like, Michael doesn't, he doesn't, like, I'm so humble and I'm so righteous. I'm going to remind you of it all the time so you know how, you know, I'm like, just the advice michael gives the attitude michael has just how he encompasses that character he's a bit of a perfect was, character he's a bit of a perfect character <laughs> but sure did a good job he did a yeah. good, yeah but not to the point that you hate him for mm-hmm. being like yeah no uh yeah well my... even like uh, it comes up in D D a a
0: lot where people don't want to play a paladin because it's just a little bit it, it can be hard to play like they don't want to fall into like a pacifist role or they don't want to do like this whole like Oh, like, always harping on a god or reliant on a god or something like that. Yeah, how do you justify what you gotta do and... Yeah, Michael's a really good, good character for being, like, you can still be... Role model. (laughs) Role model, example, et cetera, et cetera, where, yeah, like, yeah, if he has to go in the thick of things and use a sword, he does, but at the same time, he's got his unwavering limits. And that's another part about Michael, too, where it's, like, time and time again, um... Michael is willing to also just say, no, this isn't for me to get involved in. Yeah. Even when the shit is pretty rough and people are like, we need you. And he's like, nope. And that's part of the world the butcher has built where it's like, Michael, as we'll learn, you know, he literally can't involve himself in things. Or Mm -hmm. if he does anything that will break his own faith, that will break his powers or access to it. Sort of an idea, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so for yeah. Michael, that means if I make like, God angry, God's going to take away my powers. And for Dresden, that just means if he breaks his own faith, then his faith won't work, you know? And whichever one is correct...
2: Yeah, it comes down to the same sort of a consequence,
0: right? So I like, too, when it's like, even when the going gets tough, Michael is still so likable when he's like, yeah. I'm not getting involved in this, and you're like... But well, we need you, Michael, but you're also just, like, so heavy respect for Michael, too. Yeah, like...
2: exactly, because that's the thing, is he does have that line and those things, and, and that's the thing, is that's what we've talked about Harry, and for good or bad, Harry's more fluid, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the thing, this is the, like, like we've all talked about it, you know, like, if Marcone offered you a couple million dollars, would ya take it? Well, geez, when you're sitting in your cold, empty apartment eating ramen, if you're lucky, for, you know, the 27th night in a row, you're like, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, and this is where Harry, right? Whereas Michael would always, you know, that's the thing is he's much more, And not that nothing ever tempts Michael, not that nothing, you know, but he is so comfortable and trusting and relying on that faith you know, not let him take that possible, you know, that if he has faith eventually something will come through and something will come out and something will, you know what I mean that he's like, I don't have to listen to the temptation because I can you know, and that's just what's, yeah, it's nice it's that that he's able to be sort of much more unwavering in that, whereas Harry's the one that we see wibble (laughs) and wobble in and out of the that's you another know. thing. Gr- Mr. Gray area. Mis-
1: yeah, on yeah,
2: his training wheels a little bit, you know. Most of the time he's got it and he's on the right every once in a while. He, <laughs> you know, forgets to signal or cuts the corner on a turn or something, drips over his lane,
0: but... You know, well, it's, it's one more thing about it is that M- Michael is about twenty-ish years older than Harry too. Well, I was just gonna and say he's a little bit more established, established and more comfortable with who he is as a person, just in general, regardless of the faith. You know? Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I I believe Michael's probably been like this the vast majority of his life, anyways. But I
2: was just gonna say, I, I I yeah, I get the sense that this is just kind of the kind of kind of who he is, steadfast salt of the earth. But, you know, it's not to say that Michael himself... 40-year-olds are generally more stable than 20-year-olds. Well, yeah, not to say that, you know, he was exactly a perfect little kid, you know. I'm like, he, mm-hmm. might, he probably got into a bit of trouble, you know, in his teens or this and that. It's not to say that, you know, Michael never crossed any line ever Isn't afraid to have a bit of... But, you know, but it's just mm-hmm. exactly he's much more... You know, on the side of being the good kid and doing the right thing. And, yeah. you know, as opposed to checking out the wild side. Like, it just doesn't appeal just to him the same end way. End of the day, a think. good
0: man. Yeah, exactly. regardless. So, that's just exactly. one more point, too, is that, yeah, with him being as comfortable with his life, too. He's also one of the characters that we don't see, I, I guess, like, a lot of growth with, quite frankly. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just, like, he's kind of the only character in the series who sort of comes to us is comes to us fully developed you know like even as we see like you know murphy and harry and susan and um as we'll meet later in this book thomas and stuff like that like you see huge changes between book one or three and 17 Marcone too Mm -hmm. but michael generally speaking he is the same man throughout the series which I appreciate. It's just
2: you know, it's, it's some of that stability. He's can just in totally
1: well, and that was it's, It was very dangerous of of butcher to write this character the way he did because it could have come off very badly, to have this this man in Managed. a cape and a sword but it's so well done that you actually really well, do believe that he is a knight
0: and that's cross. yeah like mom said that's like you it. don't find this sort of character in a lot of fantasy sci-fi generally speaking you know when or you that's go to done these well. or that's done well or isn't yeah. like you know the joke or yeah. you know yeah. like right like right. and so yeah i would say like it is very impressive just how well Butcher did with it. And, again, I think that's another part of just how Butcher has. Like, you've got the entire world. You can have the whole Greek Pantheon and God, God, and mm-hmm. a million other things all in the same universe because we've all got it in our same universe. And he also, I mean, Butcher tends to not go into the politics too much anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't talk about... Um, I guess Bush would have been president at this time. Like that's not a part <laughs> yes. of the series. That has nothing to do with Chicago yeah, and, and the, the Wizarding, Wizarding World. You know, that like
2: far into the real world things. Yeah, they right. make one, one political joke, but not, nothing uh, yeah, that like was specific. Was,
0: like, <laughs> one Bill Clinton financial or what was it?
2: <laughs> the national debt. National national debt. debt. Yeah, yeah, was the, was the barrel like, looked bigger than the national yeah, debt. Yeah, like
0: but yeah. But a throwaway joke. Yeah. Like it has nothing yeah. to do with it, right? So even then it's for him to even neutral. avoid, yeah, exactly. for even for him to avoid the politics, even when it is kind of a part of his world. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I mean, I think it takes, it wasn't just Michael. I think it really his credit to Jim Butcher's entire world yeah. that allowed Michael to be so effective as well.
2: Yeah. But and again, as far, like I say, I haven't done as much of the fan stuff or mm-hmm. whatever, but I mean, again, as far as I can tell, that seems to be pretty popular opinion of Michael as well, that he is really well-accepted yeah. and a lot of people do really like him, and again, right, that's just... Again, I've never heard any Michael hate. Ex- right exactly and i think that says so much in this Mm -hmm. world when there is so much you could say about and like you say just that they managed to keep it separate and you just focus on michael as a person and yeah exactly right his faith his magic his whatever is and
0: even when you meet charity or father fourth hill or whatever i think hill yeah Mm.
2: sorry um
0: even when you meet these other characters who are also um catholics and believing and in it it's like they're their own characters too. It's not just Michael and Michael and Michael like Michael one, Michael two, Michael three. Like you've got all these yes. people who are clearly a deep part of the faith, but their own characters and well, snappy or this or that.
2: And it's like and again, right in the third fourth chapter, we meet Charity and one of the first things she does is you know grab Dresden and threaten him. You yeah, know, right. So it's like she's no exactly. She's not like it's a good oh, it's okay of Characteristics. To, like, yeah, it's yeah. like the the and I mean that is kind of a part of of um you know, the faith and stuff like that, too, if I think you get into some of the, 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 um, um, turn the other cheek, but exactly stand up for your beliefs and what's, you know, and I mean, that's, it is, As they seem, you know, Charity and Michael and that seem to have a very firm grasp and a, and a clear idea of, you know, <laughs> like, this is not okay, and I will kick your ass because this is not okay, mm-hmm. and, when to turn the other cheek and be like, "This is not the time and place to to fight," or "This is not the person you need to beat on for this." This is when you need to show this person love and understanding to make them change, and this person you need to smack them upside the head to make them change, right? And I just I love that there is that, to come, that a little dinner.
0: bit. Everyone has a has a dinner plate at their table, but you know they might also stab you if you think that <laughs> that's <laughs> also a necessary part of the dinner. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that seems a little, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, get no. the whole, yeah, yeah. But they're fully fleshed out and body. They have, yeah, they're not just one side. They're not one-dimensional, two-dimensional characters. They are, okay. yeah. So yeah, we're going along. So yeah, speaking
0: of your Harry sometimes straying from the path uh, as they're speeding down the road, Michael's asking if they can go any
2: faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <So>. yeah. <laughs> and of course the beetle being the beetle, he's like, yeah, <laughs> we can get, get a good gust of wind or something. And but exactly right, he's like if, and this is what I love about Michael. He's like if it's if the Lord wants us there, he will clear the way or the car will go faster and we, if he doesn't want us to speed, we won't be able to speed and that's okay. We'll yeah. see, you know what I mean? Like It's just like, you know, he's like, it's well, unwavering it sh- faith. It, well, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. He's like, well, normally I wouldn't break the law and speed, but we know there's an, a situation going on. So if it's okay for me to bend this rule for the greater good, there you go. We can we can get there. I just brought up how Doctor Strange told Tony Stark that there's like uh,
0: 14,605 14, chances to defeat Thanos. But he doesn't tell Stark what they have to do to do it, obviously, because that'll ruin the timeline that'll, or anything everything like that, right? Everything and if changes, you've everything. seen Endgame, and you, I hope, have. I have. Like, <laughs> at this point, it's been out long enough. And yeah. if you're a fan of the Dresden Files, you should probably a fa- be a fan of the Avengers Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. But there is... Infinity Wars is when they do... There's like 14 million blah 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 blah, right? Yeah. But right before they defeat Thanos, Strange holds up one finger to Tony to signal like we're it's happening right now, like we're in that timeline. Like yeah, we're in. You have line. to make and he tells it's a very emotional scene where he's like, Tony, you're the deciding factor right now, like either you die or you don't die and if you die we win and if you don't die we lose (laughs) and it's very emotional and it's like and it's like again like Tony or Strange wasn't supposed to tell anyone how to do it or it wouldn't happen right but in that final (laughs) moment Strange is like listen dude this is what I saw there was only one chance of us ever defeating Thanos and it ended in your death and so Stark doesn't he does and it's very sad and blah blah but my point (laughs) is is that I find very much like even Michael is just like he doesn't know what 14 million chances there are Yeah, but he's very faithful that God is going to always put them on that one chance. Yes. Yes. So he's like, I don't need to know because I know no matter what, we're always going to be that number one. That's, yeah. And if it's not today and it's not tomorrow, it's because that number one chance is in 10 years and it has to go like this for it to be okay then, you know? Like he's just, yes. And that's and what makes
2: him so confident,
0: yeah. I think it's also just a little bit more of, like, the silver lining always to have Michael mm-hmm. in the books, too, because Michael's a little bit always, like, even if we lose today, God has a better plan. He's going to make it okay. And even when Harry's like, hey, shut up. Like, we just fucking lost. We got our shit handed to us. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be quiet. And Michael's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. Like, this, like, maybe we didn't save the day today, but, like, for all we know, like, it saved your life tomorrow or something like that, right? Exactly. And it's always a little bit, like... Keeps oh the Michael books you from being keep, so dark. It yeah. keeps the books from being dark, just having Michael just that unwaveringly yeah. faithful. And it's almost like, it's having, like, I don't know, like, Butcher wrote his own. Uh, hype man, almost for this series. Like it's yeah. almost like Michael. Every book is I've like it's gonna be okay,
2: guys. Like yeah, I know the books seem really, really bad, but Michael is always here in the background being and like, you know it's, "It's good, it's guys." True. You always feel as soon as Michael shows up, you're like, "Okay, now it things are gonna It is a breath get. of relief. And I've never really thought of it like specifically, you know, broken it down in my head in those terms, but yeah, exactly. It's. um... Um, it's like it also makes me think of that in the in the Buffy musical episode um, when uh, during the training montage when Giles is having his song or whatever and he's like yeah he's like you know I thought I'd be or I thought I'd be like your stalwart the best standing song true. in this the- <laughs> yeah he's like and now I'm standing to the side and it's just like same thing right it's like that's why Michael's always just that solid presence that comforting mm-hmm. presence that. Yeah, you know he can't. You know, it's I mean, almost it's like the like father figure that exactly, Harry never had. Exactly, even though they're and friends, but Giles, the father figure for Buffy, and the whole right. We all mm-hmm. want like our own parents when we're little, right? That whole moment of mm-hmm. adulthood when you realize your parents are fallible and can't fix everything, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, yeah, it's just Michael is just that. But yeah, speaking. of so he's like, I love this because he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I want to talk to you about something, and I was like, oh, like all uncomfortable. It's like, oh no, you think you're uncomfortable now? <laughs> you wish he'd asked you a mess. <laughs> so, yes. so as they, when are you gonna marry Ms. Rodriguez? He's like, what the fuck? I love that moment where you get off asking questions like this (laughs) and I don't think any of us saw right like the first couple pages I'm right exactly I was like because we don't know Michael this is all we've seen is they're riding in a car we don't even know officially Michael's a knight yet that Mm -hmm. comes you know in a couple more pages when they're right but you get like okay like establishing your character very quickly. Don't ask me to Mass again. Oh, okay, he's got some Catholic, right? But it's just like, he jumps straight to the other way. He's like, no, so when are you going to marry her? And you're just like, what, what, wait, what?
0: (laughs) We said earlier on, too, that, like, Murphy is kind of Dresden's best friend and we referenced yeah. at the time we're like well Michael but we haven't met him yet we're gonna see yeah. but this very quickly is like he's close enough to know about Susan yeah, yeah. so clearly the, clearly they know each other they right? know
2: each other yeah exactly exactly well, and,
1: I, and the more that they talk they, he, we realize that he knows about Elaine as well so he he knows a lot of Dresden's history
2: totally yeah and,
1: and stuff that Dresden doesn't even want to t- talk about yeah so this things is, that we
2: know haven't come up with like Murphy or Susan so presumably they don't know these things right but Michael is pretty so which does make you like well when did they meet how did they meet how long and again it's one of those things I'm like I don't know if I ever want to know the exact origin story of you know but exactly it very quickly fills you in it's been like oh yeah these guys go back a ways you mm-hmm. know whether or not they actually knew each other at that time but again they know each other well enough that he knows of that time mm-hmm. you know which was not as far back for Harry but but yeah.
0: even if they let, met last week clearly Harry trusts him enough to tell him <laughs> about Susan <laughs> and
1: Elaine
2: yeah yeah exactly right
1: but it strikes me that he actually probably was around the the period of time when when that stuff happened because because he doesn't want to ever talk about it like Dresden keeps that so locked away about elaine
2: yeah see i don't know I, i i i i go back and forth with that a little bit because in some ways like right you're right it's not something and and Given, you know, again, as you see more of the relationship unfold, because, you know, Michael does pop up here and there, um, you know, that that there definitely could be a strong argument made for however they could have, would have, might have met, you know, when Harry was much younger. But I think, again, sort of my first impression, I assumed, you know, when I was first introduced to this character and first reading this book, I just assumed they had met um, you know, maybe when, when Harry had first come to Chicago a few years ago, so they might have known each, you know, maybe, because Harry was 20-ish or something, yeah, I, I Yeah, 20, 20, he when he came to Chicago. Right. So, given we're in the third book, we're looking at maybe a 28-ish year old, right? So they could have known each other for close to a decade now, and again, as you will find out, and as they have conversations here and there, and you know, like you say, we're talking about how he, you know, almost like a father figure sometimes, and he, you know, I'm like, it is possible that at some point he could have... Um, confided in Michael, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. it's always a little bit, you know, sometimes right. I'm like, I don't know, I could kind of see them, like, kind of the relationship and the things they know, and and because of the difference, you know, I can kind of see that maybe they, like, know each other for that long. But part of me is like, maybe they didn't meet until more. but that also speaks to the kind of bond that they have that he does know about a lot more Perry's past, good, bad, and indifferent than you know, anybody else that we know of to date and things like that. So I'm always like, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, I'm, I've
0: only ever taken it to be when Harry came to Chicago or was even already a practicing wizard. I mean, for two men in their situations, two, I mean, you know, neither one is walking around, well, Harry actually Harry is, is going <laughs> around saying I'm a wizard, but Michael's not walking around saying I'm a knight. Yeah. So I'd have to assume that they would have met on business or at least one right. or the other's business, you know, in order Cross for Michael to be like, you know, right? Yeah. Or otherwise, Harry would have had to have, like, accidentally found out some other way, like, it would have had to have been something of that variety, which would make me assume that if Harry wasn't a wizard in the phone book, he was at least doing some shit for... Um, the Ragged angels or something PIDs like that, that led to it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, or maybe you know, he came across came across Chicago and accidentally walked into a troll like day one, and Michael came in. I don't know. Like, it yeah. could have been a hundred different varieties, right. but it is interesting to think like had Michael like shown up in his youth or something like that, because I'm sure God would have sent him to that moment if he felt that Dresden needed the help. Right? Yeah, he would have been there to do so his work. What right? So woulda, should have maybe could have been. I don't think it would have been with like the Justin more. moment because I think that would have come up by now. We've gone over that moment in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many times, right? And the fact that the council didn't even know. Yeah. So for them to... So I think it would have come up with Harry had he also been hiding the fact that Michael was there as well, you know? Yeah, exactly. But he could have been there at a different point as well, because it's not like Harry was, like, sunshine and roses every single day. There would have been many a chance for Michael to show up and meet him. Yeah. Given the... you know crossing of paths or something or even like, like we know later on that harry left home at 18 right and then wandered across america for a while before settling down in chicago about 2021 right so mm-hmm. even in those like two-ish year period too he could have come across michael elsewhere in the world as well but otherwise i would just pinpointed them having met in yeah
2: chicago in chicago is yeah right was kind of michael's mm-hmm. home base with his but yeah
0: yeah a little bit but anyways so right. we do get a bit of um a timeline, too. This is about exactly one year after full moon. This is the next Halloween. Yeah. So this is...
1: Oh, I thought it was summer. No, nope. No. We are
0: day... We, this is October.
2: Early October. Mid-October. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. Yeah, okay. Sorry.
2: Late October, I guess. Yeah, mid to later. something. Mid to late October. I don't think they ever specifically specify, but mm-hmm. I just know because they make the reference of... You know because someone mm-hmm. says like did you check the seasonal angle and then it was like oh well you know it's like yeah be we're this coming up like, on halloween he's soon. like well we've never had this before and it's like no last year we had werewolves <laughs> you know? yeah, right. like so yeah it's like and i say i don't know if they ever specify you know we never have like halloween night or anything like that so but. this
0: was us roughly six ish months after bigfoot b is for bigfoot
2: okay which we
0: decided i think was spring I think we said was like no, May, May or June or something like still that. Still in
2: school or whatever. Right. Yeah, because we said Google Goblin was a few weeks after, and then this was supposed to be a few months after, but still in school. And so yeah, we I think I we know, said it was January and June. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah pretty much. No, I don't. <laughs> Several months into the school year, but not yeah. summertime yet. I don't so. know. What does it matter? Whatever. It's is. not the big matter. Just yeah. pointing us how far ahead we're jumping. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So another six months on, or whatever. So. Give yes. Or take. Lovely little awkward conversation. I love you. Sleeping with her, are you? <laughs> and again, it's just you know he can convey what his opinion of the right thing to do. The nice it? thing about Catholics is There's they have t- so many tropes that you really don't have to be <laughs> on the nose with it. <laughs> <laughs> But he has a cute line, right? Like, like Harry's like, he's like, if you love her, marry her. And he's like, I'm a wizard. I don't have time to be married. And this is when he's like, well, I'm a knight, and I have time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's just like, right? Like, this is just where he's always very, matter of fact, and every... But yeah, I... Uh, I love how invested he is in his love, love... love life. <laughs> yeah. It's well, very it's sweet. That. Well, and it's like he says here, right? He's like, Harry... He's like, you of all people should know the power of words and that, right? And like that, like I just love that he's making his point, like making Harry realize, like, yeah, it's not necessarily how long you've been with her or what you guys are doing or what. The point is, is that, like, yes, you love her. Like, and again, it sort of, I think, emphasizes a little bit that while Harry is not the same sort of religious or, you know, direct moral compass, but again, it's like, Harry's a pretty decent, you know, Harry's not just going around seeing how many chicks he can bang and how many notches he can get in his headboard, right? Like, it, it's showing, you know, Michael is emphasizing the fact that, like, while well, you've been with her for this amount of time, you're sleeping, like, you don't just sleep around for the sake of getting off. So if you're sleeping with her, you love her. If you love her, tell her you love her. If you're telling each other you love her, get me, you know what I mean? Like, he's just sort of laying out the steps for Harry. (laughs) And again, just sort of shows us a little bit more, too, that really, it's like Michael's the one pointing it out, but it's like, this is Harry, you know, like Harry's beliefs and and morals and priorities and things like that, and just making him squirm, which is always fun, (laughs) because I don't always love seeing Harry get bashed. I feel bad for him getting bashed sometimes, but I have no objections to seeing him squirm sometimes, (laughs) and this is one thing I love about Michael. Michael's good at getting us some hairy squirm. (laughs) So, and again, the same line that, I don't know if just this is, like, one of Butcher's, like, favorite lines early on. Or if it just was supposed to become kinda of like a running joke, but oh, um, the, the, the yeah, what? <laughs> it belongs on the set of El Dorado. It belongs on the set of El Dorado. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like this is the third time or fourth. Faith time. said so the first time was technically Stormfront, but yeah, it, it Faith says it to him yeah. in in um Restoration of Faith. Murphy says it to him when we meet her. Going into the Madison Hotel in Stormfront, Michael now said, "Yeah, I don't think anybody says it specifically to him in Full Moon, but it says it, in, you know." And I'm like, "Was this supposed to be a thing? Like, did you just sort of forget? You like, you just you like this concept?" I think it was in a graphic novel of...
0: too. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure it was a graphic yeah, novel. Yeah. I, I think in, uh, in what's
2: his name? Carmichael says it. Does
0: Carmichael say it I think, in Welcome to the Jungle. Lo- to the jungle.
2: Oh, okay, maybe so. There yeah. you go. For I'd have to, yeah. But I just you know, I'm like, was this supposed to be a thing? Like, cause I'm like, again, it would have been pretty, just it, one way to describe that jacket. I was gonna say <laughs> if it had continued on in like every book then you just would have been like that you know it's kind of like um oh god what is it uh, Roadhouse which is a movie and much shorter but Roadhouse with um Sam Elliott and um, Patrick Swayze and that and there's kind of a repeat you know what I keep saying about Patrick they're like oh, I thought you'd be bigger you know because he's supposed to he's like this bouncer guy and really intimidating and really you know and then everybody meets him and they're like I thought you'd be bigger and right so that kind of was like the running right so I was like it was almost something like that you know because it was like but I'm like, it doesn't quite carry on long enough. So I'm just like, I don't know if it's yeah. just you really like that description. Harry gets scarier
0: <laughs> and people just, get more afraid to say it. Later <laughs> maybe on.
2: that's all. But it's just, but yeah, it was just funny. It was like that was something that did strike out to me. It's just basically like almost word for word, verbatim every time it belongs on the set of Eldorado. He spends like, yeah. too
1: much time in the Never Never and nobody's seen Eldorado. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's um, one part here,
0: though, when Harry is getting upset with Michael and he goes, Stars in Sky. Like, but it's supposed to be Stars in Stone. It does eventually. I noticed he that. He says Stars in Sky.
2: Yeah. He says a couple. Different variations, yeah. a couple iterations of it. I think we get like a, a sky and sun or something like that, or sun, you know, and then eventually, yeah, it kind of settles down into. So, again, I don't know if these are trying out before he finally settled on that, uh-huh. as or whether it is one of those things where you can sort of any of these things are kind of wizardly.
0: Well, the only thing is, is that we find out from we don't know yet, Ebenezer, eventually, he's like, don't say that, you don't know what it means in regards to stars and stars. And And that specific iteration clearly is like a curse to something... Very specific, right? So yeah. The whole stars and skies. Like, is this just Harry being like a dumb kid who doesn't say the phrase right, yeah. <laughs> or is it really just butchering? Just like I don't know what I want it to be in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. But yes, I did know. Or is, like, this is this the first further trial? proof <laughs> of timeline when star? It was a stars and sky. It wasn't stars and stones. But something changed. <gasps> oh in the- my god! <laughs> like instantly in <laughs> the first two pages.
2: <laughs> it Starts really quick, guys. But yes, I I did pick up on that this time around yeah. too. That's like oh, I think this is the first time we've heard the. Variation of that phrase that yeah as, as it comes up here will become much more familiar to people further down the road yeah. So yeah, so behind all this sort of banter and lighthearted, you know, we still get that Harry is like racing through the streets Obviously, they're on a schedule obviously some they get there He's pulling out Michael's pulling out the sword and they You have to keep and and Harry's grabbing his staff and his rod and his dust and his thing and all right and they go storming in and it just ends on like the best note ever like grabs this poor orderly um, you know, <laughs> whose expression is utterly, um, sorry, where is it? Grab the arm of the first orderly I saw. He blinked and then gawked at me from the tips of my western boots to the dark hair atop my head. He glanced at my staff and rod rather nervously and at the silver pentacle amulet dangling at my breast and gulped. Then he looked at Michael, tall and broad, his expression utterly serene, at odds with the white cloak and the broad sword at his hip. And he takes a nervous step back. He's like, uh, oh, baby Help (laughs) you. Yeah, can you tell us where the nursery is? (laughs) Like, I just, like, like, you come this whole big, huge combination. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, welcome never- to Great Peril. <laughs> oh, well, I love that the first time reading it. Yeah. Can you tell me where the nursery is?
0: <laughs> I like that you brought up at the beginning how Stormfront started, how Full Moon started, and how this one really hit the ground running. Yeah. Because I think, you know, Butcher does a really good job just grabbing you in that first chapter. Like, time mm-hmm. and time again. He's always just like, all right, here we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Middle of action and go. Yeah. Right, and yeah. go. And
0: go in another lifetime he'd be a great director I'm sure (laughs) this concludes our
1: episode 8.1 put a ring on it
0: thank you for listening
1: you can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcanales.ca there we have links to our other podcasts social media and other fun tidbits please subscribe if you like what you're hearing please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content we are Free Flow Rambling conjure by it at your own risk